Good morning. My name is John Gallimore, and I don't know whether this is going to be a testimony or not. It may be a lot of reflection is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to go back a long time, and we're going to start in uh, our hometown. At Dallas, I we had what a presentation one time about uh, some things that went on, and the question was, and what what it was is, what you are is where you what you are is where you were when. And come to find out, that means that the first 18 years of your life, you acquire most of your beliefs. And that has a lot to do with raising, uh, raising children in faith or whatever we have here now LM's working on. So we were in Galena Park, Texas. Galena Park is on the shores of the beautiful Houston Ship Channel. It was a blue collar community. We played, we were in the same district as Brazosport, Baytown, Pasadena, South Houston, all these things. You were a Pasadena person, right, Bonnie? So we uh, had a great background. It was there in 1963 that a boy from 10th, that lived on 10th Street, I mean on 4th Street, met a girl that lived on 10th Street. And the rest is history. So, 53 years ago, who's counting, right? Our parents were definitely hardworking. Sanders' dad built his own house, which is pretty impressive. You know, I, I put a hammer in my hand, it's a lethal weapon, so. <laughs> My mother and dad split the distance between Houston and Baytown. He worked at Humble Oil. My mother was a registered nurse, so she worked at the hospitals in Houston, so they split the difference. So that, we got together and wound up married in 1968. I had, in 1965, I determined that I needed to go off to college and I had applied to go to the University of Texas. Well, come to find out my boarding house burnt down. So my dad, may he rest in peace, decided, said, you know, boy, you're gonna, you're gonna wanna uh, major in engineering and you have this military commitment around to deal with. So why don't you go to that there A&M college? And so away I went, totally clueless of what I was fixing to get into. So I showed up there. Everybody started saying howdy to me. I said, hello, you know, how you doing? I didn't know what I was getting into. And I was in the Corps for two years. And uh, we took care of the dog, Reveille, Reveille. So kind of a, that was kind of a neat thing. I went there for two years. Uh, got an erosion of dedication, dropped out. Sandra and I got married. She went to work at NASA and I went to work for Houston Loot and Plunder, HLNP, and uh, uh, had a good, ran water samples, did my, did my math at San Jacinto College, and then we decided to go back to A&M. My, my dad told me, he said, boy, you'll never go back to school. You'll, you'll start making kids and 
you won't, uh, you won't go back. My wife said, oh yeah, he will. <laughs> so we had two careers at A&M, before and after marriage, and it worked out well. We lived in a beautiful 12 by 50 mobile home underneath a mesquite tree in College Station. So it worked out well. In 1971, we got our degrees. I got my degree in engineering. Sandra got her PhD degree, putting, pushing hubby through, and that worked out well. And we moved up over here on Old Angleton Road to the Oak Ridge Mobile Home Park. And then I went to work at Dow at Oyster Creek in Unit 3. Two years went along. We had a little boy named Sean Gregory. We determined that uh, we bought a house over here on Meadowbrook off of Southern Oaks. And we determined that, uh, you know, maybe we ought to consider, we drove down Willow Drive and said, we need to go think about going to that church. So we showed up and here at Chapelwood in the, it's one of those sanctuaries back there. And the next day, James Tunnel, who was a minister at Chapelwood, showed up at our house, wished us well, and uh, everything fell into place. And the next day, the next Sunday or the next Wednesday night, James Elbert showed up and said, I'm taking you to choir. I said, okay. So that's how we got into the choir business, and we've been there ever since. My brother was a music major at the University of Houston. He sang in the choir in Galena Park. In the eighth grade, he said, we need you to sing in the choir. So I sang in the chancel choir at Galena Park from the eighth grade on. So that was kind of interesting. I got to thinking about 43 years we've been here at Chapelwood. How many ministers did we go through, have we, have we had? We're gonna have a trivia question. How many ministers have we had here at Chapelwood? I mean, what do y'all think? I came up with 10 that I, we have served, been, been with. We think the answer is 12. So you have to add Morris House and Falklander to our list. James Tunnel was very good to us. Cliff Lamb was our, one of my favorites. And uh, he did a great stewardship sermon on, he had 10 apples. He lined them up and said, oh, by the way, here's this 10th one is your tithe. And, but he started carving on it because he needed various things. So it was kind of interesting, his sermon. So various people we remember, Cliff Lamb, Larry Grubbs was our pitcher on the Chapelwood softball team. We called it Chapelwood Lambert because there were five Lamberts that played ball and the rest of us. George Atkinson showed up. One of his major claims to fame is that he hired Vicki Peters. And he and I went through a, a capital campaign. So during that time, we, we kind of had building projects coming this way. Uh, Parsonage got built, nursery complex got built, fellowship hall got built, and our sanctuary current. We have assets over $4 million here at, at Chapelwood. Our, our pledge drive is based on the book, Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations by Bishop Robert Schnazzi. In fact, I had a copy of it and what we do here at Chapelwood has a lot of bases. The worship, connect, grow, and serve is very, very complimentary to this. So our, our drive is, is 
extravagant generosity. Extravagant generosity, and according to Bishop Snazzi, generosity describes a Christian's unselfish willingness to give in order to make a positive difference for the purposes of Christ. Extravagant generosity describes practices of sharing and giving that exceed all expectations and extend to unexpected measures. We'd encourage you, if you're not familiar with what's going on at Chapelwood, we would encourage you to get a copy of this very good uh, Chapelwood Narrative Budget Report 2016. It gives you everything you need to know what's going on here at Chapelwood, how much our budget is. It's good reading, and I would it, they did a great job of putting it together. And I think about, the, from a Worship Connect, Grow, and Serve standpoint, what, what Chapelwood has done for the Gallimore family. Very, very, very happy to be in worship. We've had good worship services. That's one of my major claims that I like to work on. You connect, whether it's your Sunday school or your small group or your choir. And you're at, you can grow also. I think about all the Bible studies that I've been involved in here at Chapelwood. I remember one, we actually did a Kerygma Bible study, which was a thematic uh, study of the Bible. And Lawrence Culbertson led us in that. We've had disciples, Christian believer. We did a basic Christianity course that Billy Abraham from Perkins worked on. And that helped us to grow. Serve. One of the things we did in our family is we were very instrumental in UM Army. I counted the number of times I went to UM Army, it was eight. All over East Texas, we knew all, every, every town in East Texas, I think. My son, Jeremy, he said he was in 10 UM Armies, so. And then I took a tour on the conference UM Army board. I think Matthew did a lot of that too on the, later on in the years. But we have been very much blessed by our connection with Chapelwood. I'd like to read something that Bishop Snazzy wrote and hopefully wrap this up and give Kate some time back. <laughs> it is through giving of ourselves as God has given to us that we help the body of Christ thrive. Offering our material resources to God is a fundamental activity that is so critical to the church's mission that failure to perform it in an exemplary way leads to decline. Every sanctuary and chapel in which we have worshiped, every church organ that has filled our spirits, every pew where we have sat, every communion rail where we have knelt, every hymnal from which we have sung, every praise band that has touched our hearts, every church classroom where we have gathered with our friends, every church kitchen where our meals were prepared, every church van that has taken us to camp, every church camp we have ever attended, all are the fruit of someone's extravagant generosity. We have been the recipients of grace upon grace. We are the heirs, the beneficiaries of those who come before us who were touched by the generosity of Christ enough to give graciously 
so that we can experience the truth of Christ for ourselves. We owe the same to generations to come. Without the generosity of others, we would not have the tools of faith that have shaped our lives. We need to give back fully and extravagantly if the church is to continue to fulfill its mission. Extravagant generosity is not just about the church's need to receive, but about the Christian's need to give. Generosity is an essential quality of spiritual maturity and growth. Generosity is the fruit of the spirit, a worthy spiritual aspiration. We would hope that during this time that you give prayerful consideration to helping support the ministries here at Chapelwood. We think we're, I think they're doing outstanding and we, have, we should be supportive of their efforts. Thank you very much. <laughs>